Welcome to our big bet for a Cheltenham preview. We're only days away from the greatest show on turf, and I am delighted and excited to bring you an esteemed panel to mark your card ahead of what, for me, is the greatest sporting event in the world. These people are situated, those closest to me, most likely to give me a punch in the jaw, should I get out of line today, mm -hmm. starting, of course, with our old friend, Mr. Tony Calvin. TC, good to see you. And you. It's something from you, you, because you commentate on every single sport I under do. the sun. Yeah. And Cheltenham's the greatest show on turf. I know. It? Jack of all trades, master of none. But uh, listen, I'm, very, I'm delighted to see you here, TC. It's been a while since we've been in the same room together. It's yeah, two yeah. years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. looking well. You're looking a lot slimmer than the last time I was there. Yeah. Uh, like say, you, the 50s are treating you well, yeah. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that today? Anyway, listen, we won't go into Twitter conversations today. Um, Vanessa Royal did such a good job presenting Wade in that I insisted she'd be banished from the show, never to come back again. And we're delighted to have Kate Tracy to replace her. Kate, how are you? <laughs> really well, thank you. No, delighted to be here. Yeah, we're all getting excited now. The old Cheltenham roar as well. Crowd's going to be back. Very mm. much looking forward to it. Oh, massively. So, I mean, mm. last year, I was lucky enough to be there working for the Mullins team, and the atmosphere was, well, there was none. There was none. We were trying to create our own, and it was just a completely different entity to what you normally expect. So this yeah. year, crowd's back. It's yeah. just going to be, it's going to be mad. Yeah, we're very much looking forward to Kevin Blake, how are you, my old pal? Gosh, look at him. Still alive, Hugh. Yeah. You know, good place are, to start. They're yeah. still alive. We know that because the hair is still growing upwards <laughs> and outwards. So by the time Shelton comes, lads don't even recognise you, say, Kevin. I had a haircut right prior to this, so I wouldn't get too much stick about it. But there you go. <laughs> you just can't survive, can yeah. you? He, he, he is Don King's love child. He is, I tell you. More and more like it. And Mr. Barry Orr from Betfair, he's normally behind the camera, giving out to us, sending us WhatsApp saying, for Christ's sake, will you wind Tony Calvin up? Go he's not, he's like talking this. too much. Now he's front and centre. You're going to be able to send us text from here, Barry. I'm the token Betfair employee here on the panel, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it has to be done. Listen, Barry, I've been growing my roar for the Shelton Bet Pot fastidiously <laughs> over the last three weeks. Is there still time for me to grow my more once again? Funny you should ask you. This is the last week of Grow Your Roar. Is it? Your last week you can add to your free bet pop. Bet £20 in the exchange of the sports book this week, up to Sunday the 13th, and you'll add another £10 to your Betfair free bet pot. All those bets credited on Monday the 14th. So Just in time. You can look forward to Roar! There we go. Ready to go. Right, water on the table. Right, we're going to get stuck in, lads. We've lots to talk about, and uh, obviously we want to keep it as succinct as possible. Not always possible with this crew, but we'll do my best. That's what I'm here for. Look, we start off with the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Barbara, will you just take us through? Because, look, there's been a bit of movement on the exchange over the last while with Sir Gerhard. Uh, we think now more likely to go for the Ballymore, but how is that affecting prices for the Yeah, Supreme? Sir Gerhard's 7-4 on the exchange now for the Ballymore, so okay. all indications he's going there. But in the sportsbook market, Market I'm going to concentrate on for the Supreme, mm -hmm. and that's all. That's obviously non-runner money back. It's yeah. two to one Sir Gerhard, Constitution Hill nine to four, eleven to four, Dysart Dynamo, John Bond nine to two, six Kilcrute, and it's ten bar. So, just remember that it is money back. Uh, if your horse is a non-runner in the Supreme on the Sportsbook. Okay, brilliant. Right, Kevin Blake, it's going to be the opening race. It's going to be one of the most anticipated Supreme Novices Hurdle I can remember in a long, long time because of the caliber of horses we are going this year. Who's the Kevin Blake money going on? Well, we hope they all turn up, Hugh. There's a possibility of a few doing an old switch-switchy there later yeah. on um, and ending up in the Ballymore. But, uh, look, I'd like one that's definitely going uh, Mighty Potter, Gordon Elliott. Like, mm. Gordon has never wavered off the Supreme. And look, there would be a thought looking at his form that he could possibly go for the Ballymore, but Gordon has never budged. 
He has him as a supreme horse. And I've liked him all the way along. Like going back to the very beginning of the season, um, I'd always speak to Gordon, you know, October time. And uh, you, you get a feel with Gordon sometimes like when he really, really likes one. And this horse wouldn't have been a high profile one coming into the season at all. No. And it just got such a vibe off him. So I've been watching him particularly closely. And like I've just really liked what I've seen with him. I thought he should have won the Royal Bond. You know, messy race, shaped really, really well, hitting the line hard, and went to the future champions at Leopardstown, and things went wrong. Like, he got crossed after the first and stumbled quite badly, and he got shuffled out of his position, and he, I thought he won well. It wasn't spectacular. You know, didn't get everybody raving, but he won a grade one. He did it with authority. You know, this has been the aim ever since. Um, and I think a race like this where one assumes they'll go, especially if the likes of Dysart Dynamo do turn up here, they'll go a right gallop, and okay. he'll be able to follow up, take his time. He's 10 to 1, Hugh. I still okay. think there's okay, loads no, no, of juice in that. He's 10 to 1, Kev, but is it, is, it, is it the price factor here and the fact that you definitely know that this horse is going it, that's steering you, rather than he necessarily has the best bit of form that we've seen so far? You're ignoring Constitution Hill with that bet, obviously. John Bond, the high horse as well. And uh, not to mention Dysart Dynamo, what the, the last day. Is it the price and the fact that he's definitely going? Is that steering you? Uh, well, look, it's a help. Okay. But look, he, he's not one of the more spectacular ones, but the spectacular ones are a fraction of his price. Yeah. And like, I think there is a bit of solidity to his form. And I, I just think the, the best is yet to come, Hugh. And sometimes when you're getting a bit of a bigger price with the promise of more to come, that'll yeah. do me. Rather than the likes of a Constitution Hill, sure, who's looked brilliant, yeah. but he's beaten nothing. It's all style. I know, you know, times of races, etc., were impressive too, but mm. um, fraction of the Mighty Potter's price. Yeah, okay, Kate Tracy then, you know, surely you have to stick up for one of the British holds here because Constitution <laughs> Hill, right, you know, huge talking horse, what well, he did for Nicky Henderson, absolutely brilliant, and his stable mate John Bond as well, who's a bit of a headbanger, but of course uh, a full brother uh, to the brilliant, um, to his... Uh, Duvan, I was going to say Vator there, but anyway, the Duvan. So which of those two more appeals to you? Yeah, for me, it's Constitution Hill. Okay. And when I try and assess races such as this, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is probably going to be the best Supreme that we've had since Altios in mm. 2016, Alpha Offs prior to that. So I normally try and approach races like this from an unbiased perspective, purely on a form basis, from the analytical basis that Kevin's just outlined there. So mm. basically, if you're looking at this, you probably have Sir Gerhard as favourite, then you go John Bond, Dysart Dynamo, Constitution Hill, purely on strength of form. However, there are certain horses when they give you the visual impression when they win that I can't shake from my mind, and that's Constitution Hill. Mm. Yes, he's got to show himself away from Sandown. Yes, he's got to show himself probably on a better surface looking at the forecast as we currently record. And he's a son of Blue Brazil, whose progeny have a much better record on soft. But I just think he's a bit of a freak. So I'm hoping he can be ridden optimally then if they go off hard in front and Constitution Hill can pick up the pieces. Yeah, and John Bond, just of what we know as well, and it's interesting listening to Nicky as well, that the crowd there might be a factor, a spook factor for mm. him. And you're, very briefly, you're happy with your position in Constitution Hill? I'd buy it off you, only you wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> no, no, um, obviously you could lay off. Um, no, sevens and sixes about Constitution Hill. Oh. Uh, we, were, we were recording that day uh, when he made the reappearance at Sandown. Mm. Very much like Kate said, sometimes you're you led by your heart rather than your mind. And, and sometimes, he, he made, he all made, the time in my case, too. <laughs> yeah, he made a, he made a, a telling uh, impression that day. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, great stuff. Uh, that is a supreme novice's hurdle as well, and we hope it lives up to the billing. Um, just in regards to the article then, Barry, before we get stuck in, um, odds boost on which horse, please, for Betfair Sportsbook users? Yeah, there's, it, this is the first of four odds boosts that we're going to have over the okay. course of the show. Edward Stone was 9-4. to four. He's now out to 11-4 to four on the Sportsbook. Again, that's a non-runner money back. So Edward Stone, 9-4 to four odds boost, out to 11-4. to four, The first of four generous odds boost that we have throughout the show. 11-4, to four, anything to tempt you in on that, Tony Calvin, seeing as how you're all about price. Well, 
That is currently uh, bigger than the exchange market. Mm. So yeah, the 11 to 4, if you fancy Edward Stone, you snap you like that up. Uh, what's not to like about him? But um, I've, I've been with St. Sem from, from a very early stage in mm. this. He was, um, when we did the early uh, footsteps of the festival, I, I already mentioned him as a very good bet at 33s after he won at Ferry House first time up. And, you know, time has shown that that form has worked out really well. The Devils coachman's come out and, and won really nicely. Um, what really cemented it was, was his defeat at uh, Leopardstown last time, to be honest with you. Obviously, he was beaten four lengths there by Blue Lord and Rivia Detail, but, you know, he... He, he, he made a couple of mistakes that day. Uh, he, went out, he probably went out too hard from the front as well, but he was still in front two out when he made the crucial mistake. Um, and I just like the way he really finished off his race. I know the owner quite well. He said Rachel got off and said, you know, this horse was really coming back at, at the line. So I think if he jumps fluently and settles a little bit better and races within himself, I, I think the upside for St. Sam is, is quite considerable. He cost a pretty penny when he came from... Uh, uh, from France after winning two there. But, you know, he was odds-on to beat Zana here first time out. It didn't really work out for him over hurdles, but mm. he still finished second in the Boodle, so he's got, he's got that festival form, he's got that course form, and I think there's considerable upside. He, he's around about a 10-to-1 price on the exchange. He's 7-to-1, non-one money back uh, with the sports book. I can see him running a big race. I can see him being punted as well. So St. Sam for me, I'm, I'm keeping the faith there and I still think he's a very good price. So. Lovely. St. Sam uh, for Tony Calvin. Kevin, the market seems to have um, reacted to the last time Riviera to tell the mare met and Blue Lord, obviously, he came out on top. She's getting a sex lounge again this time. There's a lot of feeling that perhaps she should have won the last day at Leperstown mm. and she's now ahead of him in the betting. I'm with her, I have to say. I think she's a cracking chance in this. Yeah, of those two, I'd be with her. But to be honest, of the Irish... Um, I, I'd be with St. Sam, I'd be with, with Tony. Really? Um, I th yeah, I think he's definitely interesting when you look at the breakdown of the, the splits that day. Like, he probably did go too hard, and yet he's still coming back at them. You know, I know he was, wasn't the same class of hurdler as the likes of Blue Lord would say, mm -hmm. but he's a young horse with, that seems to be going the right way. But I don't like the Irish here, Hugh. I'm actually with an English horse, Edwardstone. You're with the five. Um, yeah, like 11 to four, I think that's a great boost um, because there's very little to throw at him in terms of stones, what he's been doing this season. You know, Barra blipped the first day. He's been really good. His jumping style, like, it's very efficient. He's very clever. I, I, I liked him Manaway, but I, th I thought he advanced himself even last time because, you know, third time lucky isn't the easiest horse, but I thought everything went right for him the last day. He had every chance to beat Edward Stone, and Edward Stone had really put him away in the end. Um, like, the only slight concern, if you were to put one up, is that he has been a bit busy. Um, but Alan King, obviously, you know, t feels that he thrives on his racing. And if he... If he does what he did last time. Was that, I, I would that be good enough? I think that would be think? enough, yeah. yeah. Like, he was the best. Like, you look at all the ones up the front end of the market. Like, he was the best of these over hurdles. Like, there's not a real good hurdler that's gone chasing in here. You know, his mark of 150 over hurdles makes him the pick. Well, there was, but he got injured for any other Oh, here we go. Don't talk about the no, war. No, leave it. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, Edward Stone for Kevin then at 11 to 4 with a bet for a price boost. It seems like a decent enough price to me, Kate. Um, who have you come down on, please? Yeah, I mean, Edward Stone, he is the sensible horse, isn't he? In every, in every asset there, then he just ticks every single box you could possibly want. But he just doesn't excite me. I know this isn't a vintage renewal of the Arkle, yeah. but I just have to go against him. My gut is just telling me to take him on. And I'm with Tony here with St. Sam. I loved this horse last year. He's probably one of the best looking horses I've ever seen. He's an absolute beautiful horse. And he is a five-year-old. And we have seen five-year-olds going well enough in the Arkle previously. Fakir Dudery finishing second to put the kettle on a couple of years ago. And just that front runner, the, the way that he gets onto the front end of a pacer, and he jumps so well. We mm. saw that last time out, as Tony said himself. My only concern is 
is Magic Days being in here. If she takes them on for the lead, yeah. that is my only sight concern. She got lucky last year in the race, yeah. And actually, you know, I was listening to um, a, a well-known Irish journalist talk about her fancies. One of her the fancies of the week as well, Magic Days. Do you yeah. like her? Yeah. I, I, I like her, but I, le I don't like her because I think she's going to take on St. Sam. Okay. But I, I think that now that he's got that bit older, last year as a novice hurdler, he was mad keen. Mm. I think he's learning to settle more and more of his fences. And I just love the way he jumped. So he's definitely a very fair price, St. Sam That's for me as well. All three of you for St. Sam. Oh, yes. huh? I'll tell you, just, just as Kate mentioned there, actually, it completely slipped my mind, but I, I was down with Henry de Bromhead um, last week, um, and I was struck by how kind of positive he was about Magic Days. Oh. Um, like, 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 completely took me by surprise really? now, because the, the horse has been completely under the radar, really. And she's a big old prize as well. She's, you know, she's ten, ten to one. St. Sam wouldn't really, wouldn't really concern me. Uh, mm. It'd be interesting to see if they put some headgear on St. Sam to make him settle a little bit mm. better, but yeah. if he gets, if the likes of Magic days and maybe for pleasure really go on. Uh, then I can see I can see that being positive to allow to settle in behind the leaders. But okay. just one thing before we move on, mm. Edward Stone with that prize piece eleven to four. I wouldn't put you. A lot of people are a bit sniffy about not backing any horse at five to one or, or, or under each way. Each way, yeah. Eleven to four each way, Edward Stone. I yeah. don't think that's a bad bet whatsoever. Okay, good stuff. One to consider and strong. Three-way support for St. Sam there. We move on to the champion hurdle because this could be relatively short conversation, I think. Um, Honeysuckle is odds on here. Kate Tracy, uh, not a working man's price, as we like to say, but she's probably the most likely winner, even if appreciated, turns up and runs very well. And T. Hoopoo continues to progress. Can you see anything to trouble her? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, she, solid, she? she's just invincible. She might yeah. finally get the credit she deserves if she becomes a dual champion hurdle winner then. Still doesn't jump like an out-and-out two-mile hurdler. She still gives him too much height, still jumps out to her left, mm. but she just gets the job done. Yeah. Appreciate it. If he manages to get back and wins this, this would have to go down as one of Millie Mullins' greatest ever training feats. I know he did it all those years with Corvega first time up, but even so, yeah. he has a blowout potential. But from the each-way perspective in behind, I was between Epitont and Adagio. I'm just going to side with Epitont. I think the back operation for her during the summer. has just seen her hurdling so much slicker this mm. season. We saw that in the fighting fifth. Yeah. Christmas hurdle, she was so dominant in, in a weak field last time out, coming here off of the same uh, path then as last year. And she doesn't have Charger to get in the way of second place this year. Yeah, so and I had a good stab in her the year she won, so I'm, I'm kind of loyal to her because of that. Mm. I have good memories of her, and I'd like to see her run well here as well. I think she's a fantastic mare. Um, Kevin, you know I like my short price accumes. Any reason why Honeysuckle should not go into my short price Cheltenham accumulator next well, week? I was going to say, you said in your intro, she's not a working man's price. The thing that went into my head was, well, she's a huge count over price. <laughs> exactly. I don't matter working man, he's who well known, Kev. You're in a, you can never be accused of that in fairness. Dosser. Yeah. Dosser Supreme. If she drifts her even money, it might jump in. Yeah, no, no interest. She stays at one the, to two. None of this odds against nonsense. That's it. Stays at price, so it's no, no interest for me. Any reason why I shouldn't stick her in? Not really. Like, look, she didn't blow me away last time, but, like, Henry seemed to be on the way back, and... Look, she's probably going to go and win, but at that type of price, no. Look, Leave her. Um, yeah, look, in the without market, the each way market, you know, play so in the market, whatever you want. I think T. Hapu is the, the one I'd like of the rest. Because um, we don't know. Like, he, he could be a very good horse. Like, he seemingly shows very little at home. That's why Gordon has given him, you know, quite a conservative campaign. He's never, you know, ran in a grade one, despite being whatever he is, six out of seven or seven out of eight or something over hurdles. Mm. Um, but what he did last time, that took my eye in particular, like he beat a horse of Joseph's called Durasso, you know, who's not a champion hurdle horse, but he's, you know, he's a mid-150s horse, probably every day of the week. Mm. And things went right for him. There's no reason to think he didn't run his race. And Tia Poo, like, smashed him, like beat him 10 lengths, 11 yeah. lengths at levels. You know, that puts him in the right sort of range. And, you know, Gordon seems pretty adamant that, she'll be, that he'll be better on better ground. Like he's a good jumper. 
Um, like he, he ticked a fair few boxes. You have to take a bit of trust, would appreciate it. Um, granted, Willie seems particularly happy with his prep, but yeah, Tiapu at the prices, at the prices. Would, be, would be the one I'd prefer against her. Uh, around about eight to one. Tony Calvin, just from a betting perspective on this race, I mean, if you're a Honeysuckle fan and you plan to back her, mm. surely you should wait to the day or even just before the Surely the bookies are going to try and get her beaten, are they? Two to one, honestly. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't like forecasting horses. Like, this is, uh, I think, along with Tiger, well, this is, you know, Honeysuckle is a bit of a public horse. Will they need to push her out to get her in the, to get her in the bin? Mm. Uh, I'm not so sure, but I, I've actually laid her. I saw enough last time, a uh, finishing effort uh, over uh, last time out. To, yeah. yeah, to, to take her on there. I mean, I've, I've averaged laying her about 1.71. I'd like charge her in the race, admittedly. But um, no, the, she may well win, but I'm quite happy to, to have a, a field on my side at about 11 to 8. The two I've been backing um, in the without market, and I think the without market is, is going to be a, a well, well publicised uh, line coming into this. I think Adagio's very, very solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's just saying, well, he couldn't beat Goshen last time, then he's got no, no business here. But that was his first run since the Greatwood second. That Greatwood has worked out ridiculously well. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's got uh, the Cheltenham form figures, um, uh, you know, 2-1-1, 2-1-2-2. Uh, so he goes really well there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he's, he's pretty solid. But the one that's been mo- massively overlooked, and so I've been chipping away at him on the exchange without market, I've been getting done at 40 to 1 plus on Not So Sleepy without Honeysuckle, and I just can't work it out for the life of me. Now, Not So Sleepy is the top-rated English hurdler in there. I know that's probably damning him with faint praise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he missed out the last two hurdles and still dead-heated with uh, Epiton in, in the fighting fifth. Ran badly at Kempton last time, but the market told you he's going to run a stinker there, and he duly did. And he went back and had a look. All his fours run at Kempton on the flat and overjumped have been very disappointing. He's been kept fresh since. Um, you know, you go back and have a look at his fifth of the race last year. Um, and I don't think he was optimally ridden there. And two, uh, the f- two of the ones that finished in front of him aren't, aren't turning up again okay. here. The likes of Aspar, Tyre and Epiton. So not so sleepy. Um, at a very big price in the without market uh, is going to get my attention. And maybe each way as well when the sports book is market's up and running. On Sunday. Okay, I, I'm going to take uh, appreciate it without the favourite market as well, but I still think Honeysuckle has too much uh, to win that. Okay, over the other races then on day one, um, Tony Calvin, Stormy yeah. Ireland for me in the Mayor's Hurdle. I think she sets out with Danny on board. Hopefully Danny gets the rider mm. and, um, and Paul Townend on burning victory, say perhaps for Willie Mullins. Stormy Ireland out, Danny Mullins all the way. That's my bet. You in the Mayor's Hurdle, who do you like? Um, in recent days, I've really come down to Queensbrook. Um, Gordon Sox, obviously, yeah. obviously, he's got the Cheltenham uh, form. Uh, she's got the Cheltenham form in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, fur to Fernie Hollow and appreciated in the 2020 bumper. That mm-hmm. hasn't worked out too badly. Um, had beat Sildenish on the penultimate start. That's worked out really well, albeit Sildenish's three wins since have, have been over fences. But the run last time by, behind Burning Victory uh, after an interrupted preparation just screamed kind of like uh, that this has been, you know. Uh, you know, the optimum target, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, given Burning Victory weight there, I thought he shaped the, I, I think she shaped better there. Coming on from that run the first time since November. Uh, she's currently 11 to 2 with the sports book. And um, the vibes are good about her at home, apparently. Like she's yeah, I mean, like, like it's, 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 it's quite clear that the run last time was a stepping stone. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, if you fancy Burning Victory, 
Um, and you've got to fancy Queensbrook here. She's been a bit of a mover in recent days, but I think there's still some juice in the price at 11 to 2, and each way, Queensbrook would be uh, one of my stronger bets of <coughs> the opening day. Fantastic. That's the mayor's hurdle for Tony Calvin. Uh, Kevin, you're going to take us through the National Hunt Chase in terms of your fancy. Um, Statler, for me, who do you like? Yeah, I prefer uh, Run Wild Fred. It's a tough one to say. Again, it's a Jonathan Ross special. Well, for me, yeah. <laughs> Run Wild Fred. <laughs> you like Run Wild Fred, do you? Go on. I do. I've, got, I've kind of liked him for the race all along now because he just has that profile, you yeah. know, second season chaser, loads of experience. Um, like, fundamentally a good jumper. I can miss one occasionally, which is the, mm. the slight concern, but he's a straightforward ride. Um, he'll have a top rider. I'm not confirmed yet as far as I know, but you know he's going to have a top rider, whichever one it ends up being. Um, and I just think he's the best horse. Like He's rated up in the high 150s. Statler lacks experience. He's a little bit more free going than ideal. And Patrick will have a job to get him jumping efficiently, I feel. Um, and yeah, run wild Fred. I think, I think he's very, very solid, to be honest. Okay, good stuff. So you're going against me, both 11 to 4 at the time of recording. The last race on day one we're going to talk about is the Boodles. It's the Juvenile Handicap. Kev, just while I have you, will you explain what the big hullabaloo is about Gaelic Warrior? Why he might be the most thrown in <laughs> horse since the history of throwing horses into races? What's going on here? Uh, like, he's a horse that's come from France, right? right. Rich Richie's bought him. Yeah. I mean, like, there was chat about him now months ago that this is, like, this is a good horse. This, yeah. is, this horse is working well. Yeah. And if you look at... The, the way the French ratings work is that the ratings are given in, um, in kilos. So you multiply it by 2.2 and you get your equivalent to pounds, right. the, the, an English rating. And if you multiply his French rating by 2.2, you get 139. Right. So you'd assume that when he's entered up, he'd get 139 or something like that. They entered him up in January. Mm. What did they get? 129. Wow. And you just somebody wonder, forgot to carry the one there, Kev. You just wonder if somebody pressed the wrong button along yeah. the way because I say the lads got the lads got so excited they said, oh, we're not running this lad till Cheltenham. We'll put him straight in the boodles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's off 129. Okay. And he's seemingly working like an absolute aeroplane. And um, yeah, everyone's getting very excited. And if he um, if he if he, he wins, turns up like that, if he wins on the steel at Cheltenham, there'll be a few <laughs> a few fellas <laughs> shuffling around the parade ring. I suspect. I've got the inside line on that. Go on, Go on. Give us 30 Apparently seconds. Apparently they're all they're yeah. all a bit hungover. Right. After a party the night before in yeah. January. Yeah. Someone shouted over to somebody in the Big H A handicapping office. Gaelic warrior. Yeah. Who's it trained by now? <laughs> Willie Musson. Willie Musson. <laughs> Drop Happy it 10 pounds. Not Willie Mullins. <laughs> Willie Musson. That's the only possible conclusion. Well, it's, possible it's over that or the two and the three had, you know, been typed in wrongly. Yeah. Or it yeah. happens okay. to everyone, lads. Could happen. All right. Yeah. Kate, are you with Gaelic Warrior? Then last word to you on the Boodles or who do you like? Oh, he could be absolutely thrown in here for all yeah. we know. As you say, that someone's quick maths then um, seems to be slightly off. But there's a horse in here at the price, therefore, who's been pushed out slightly because of it is Brazil, who I really like in here. Mm. Basically, for the Boodles, I want a horse that uh, won a rated novice hurdle then last time out. He managed to do that at Nace. Naturally, that's a positive, and he absolutely bolted up in that race as well. So I think he still has a very fair mark of 137, four mm. pound higher from his British handicap mark, therefore. He has ample runs over hurdles this season to go with his flat starts, mm. and that experience is something I really like. Difficult to know pace-wise at this stage, of course, but mm -hmm. I hope that he's going to be ridden held up or at least mid division which is a slight concern for him because all of the last five winners of the boodles were ridden no better than mid div so okay. slight concern but brazil for me okay right so we'll leave it at that then before we move on to day two and day two of the festival kicks off of course with the ballymore novices hurdle so it's the two and a half mile for novice hurdlers and i sir gerhardt it, it does seem like uh, barry Orr is is, is going to go off very short if he does in fact 
if he is declared for this, unbackable here. Is, yeah, he's he's kind of he's shortened significantly on the exchange for this. He's into two point eight four now, so he was nine to four just a couple of days ago. Mm. So he's into like fifteen to eight now. It's six Ginto, who's also being confirmed for this race. Uh, eight point two journey with me. Dysart Dynamo six eight nine six stage star for Paul Nichols, who gave that a very favourable mention yesterday. But on the sports book, then where it's uh, non runner money back eleven to ten, Sir Gerhard at the moment, and that's probably a fair indication of what his price will be once he's confirmed for this race. Yeah, and at 11 to 10, I mean, Kevin Blake is the bet for me at 11 to 10 absolutely all day long. I think if he goes in this race, he wins it. Like he wins it. It could be the guarantee of the week. I think it's the wrong race. For him? Yeah, if he was mine, <coughs> I'd be running in the Supreme. And I know the Supreme's a better race, but I think I've always had him as a speed horse, to be honest. Um, uh, people will throw stones at his jump in the last day. I didn't think it was that bad, but I think it, it'll certainly be better um, with a lead. Yeah, he doesn't like to make it, sure he doesn't? I don't, like he has, generally, but I, I, I didn't think it suited him the first day yeah. he ran over hurdles. I didn't think it suited him the second day. Um, so look, he's better than he's shown so far, but look, it's not that he won't stay. I just think he might be better suited the two miles. Um, so look, we'll see what Willie does. We'll probably find out very late in the day. Um, but as Barry mentions, Jinto of Gardens has been confirmed all pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and he's the one I like in that. He'll stay. Um, oh yeah, he'll stay. Like the, the option for him was the Albert Bartlett. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. But um, I've liked him all along now since he's gone hurdling. Um, he was he hammered a horse at Joseph's called Eric Bloodaxe on his penultimate start, who came out and won a grade two thereafter. In Nimerick, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and he won the, the Lawlers of Nace last time, and I just liked the way he did it. He was obliged to make the running, and again, I just don't think it suited him at all. Um, he was gawking around him the whole way. He was jumping out to his right, which he didn't do the time before when he had a lead, and I just thought he was taking the mick the whole way down the straight. I think he was never getting, he was never going to get past, and he won with a fair bit more authority than the margin would suggest. Mm. Um, I think he's going to just be a lovely, straightforward ride around Cheltenham, stay well. Um, don't think we've seen the very best of him yet. Again, a little bit like Mighty Potter. Like he's a Grade One winner, but he didn't do it in a sexy way that got everyone excited. But and for that reason, I think he's perhaps been a little bit underestimated. Yeah, like I like Ginto as well, uh, TC. I have to mm. say, um, like if he, if Sir Gerhard doesn't go in this and ends up in the Supreme, I'll be with him. But who's uh, is, is Sir Gerhard a backable price for you if he goes from, in this? From a betting perspective, I think if you're taking eleven to ten Sir Gerhard, uh, non-runner money back, I think you're getting eleven to ten about probably a four to seven, one to two shot on the day. Really? I, I think he'll go off the shortest price horse at the festival. Really? I really That's do. That's a big shout. I, I think he'll go off shorter than Alaho. I think Ooh, he'll go shorter than Honeysuckle. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, everything about me, this horse, obviously people saying going in the Supreme, he'd probably be favourite for the Supreme. The Supreme's a far deeper race than this. I mean, if you've got Ginto in there and, um, you know, there's nine to two, five to one... Journey with the, me, next best yeah, I mean, after that. No, no, there's nothing in there that's going to touch him in this race, no, is there? No. Uh, so I, I think, obviously, bookmakers tend to be very defensive about uh, the non-runner money back uh, prices. But I think this is a, a bit of a gift. It's a, it's a trading gift. You, you, might just, you might just say, well, actually, <coughs> I don't really fancy him. But even if you don't fancy him, I think you have to take 11 to 10. Because I think you'll get, him be, you'll, get, you'll get rid of him around about four or six on the exchange. Mm. I think minimum, really. I, I do think it's, it's really teed up to be very, uh, a very, very short price. I'll be when the without market opens up. I'll be interested in free stripe life if that one goes here. Um, obviously, you've got form with uh, Grade One form with, with Mighty Potter and yeah, uh, yeah. and to Gerhardt. I'll be interested in that. And what do we want? Was backed out, backed as if defeat was out of the question last time. Fires into twos on the day, owned by this sponsor. So I imagine. Obviously, they've been very keen to get him back on track here. If he comes back to the... He was quite impressive before that uh, that defeat. So I can see him at a bigger price. But 
Uh, from a trading perspective, take that 11 to 10 with the sportsbook uh, money back if he doesn't go there and maybe get rid of it on uh, a 4 to 6. I think it's a, a very, very attractive scalp. Excellent. Good advice. Betting advice from Tony Calvin. We move on to the uh, Brown advisory. So look, Kate Tracy, this is a straight shootout between Gallup and Deschamps and Bob Ollinger. Let's forget the prices for a second, as I generally tend to do when I'm looking at racing. <laughs> Put the prices out of the way and just try and say who's going to win the race. Bob Ollinger for me, I think there's you know, an awful lot of hype about Gallup and Deschamps, but at this distance, Bob Ollinger is a quicker horse. Well, I hope they both go to the turners, therefore. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you've, uh, you've, gone a bit, you've gone a bit early with this, haven't you? Have I? Yeah. Isn't the Brown three miles? The Brown is the Brown is the three the Brown is the three miles, isn't it? And then mm. the turners. I still yeah. confused with the bloody names <laughs> of this thing. Why don't you just keep it as it is? Yeah. Right. Okay. Old so we got, we got Brave Man's Game versus a High Senor and and Long Press now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Proper so race. let's okay. So Brave Man's game, long press then, and we'll come back to the two and a half mile, which of course is the Turners with the Brown Advisory, the RSA and Old Money. Uh, Brave Man's game for a lot of people. Kate Tracy will be a good thing here, especially in terms of British hopes for a winner. Yeah. Is he your idea of? One of the best bets of the week? Yeah, tiny little Union Jack being weighed mm. there by Brave Man's Game. I do think so. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the start of the season, I really wanted to take him on because I wasn't convinced about him as a hurdler for all that the wins spoke for themselves. But oh. I was concerned about him because he's this big, scopy horse. But over his hurdles, he was a horse that was really inclined to go in and pop his hurdles instead. Mm. So I was concerned about his scope. But... Basically, because of that, I think he's developed this real brain in his head over his fences. And that's been seen to optimal effect so far. He's already kicked a hoist in your out of the way at Kempton anyway. Yeah. And I think that the track will play to a brave man's game strengths far more than a hoist in yours yet again here. So for that reason, just because of pure consistency, mm -hmm. because of his deceptive cruising speed that he has as well. Well, I keep wanting to see a horse come up and challenging him and really to put some price pressure on him. But... I think he's just so deceptive that no horse can physically get to him to put any pressure on him. So for that reason, Brave Man's game just has to be solid here. Yeah, and of course, the other two are more than likely to go for the two and a half mile. Um, so we'll just keep them out of this for the time being, Kevin Blake, unless you've heard something that uh, the rest of us are not privy to. Is there anything that can travel brave, uh, trouble Brave Man's game as far as you're concerned? Like Long Press? Oh, I'm delighted that they've switched Long Press to this now. I think that's a, re that's a great move because it means Brave Man's game is going to be a much bigger price. Yeah. Um, he's the one I like for this race. Okay. And we loved him all season long. Um, best jumping novice chaser we've seen all season. Mm. Um, short, long, whatever, brilliant. Um, and, and I hope he goes and wins because I think Nichols has been good and punchy with him all year. And look, this won't be a soft touch now. Like he, he's, he's beaten a high senior already, but long press is no joke for mm. all that. I just joked about him. And I would be afraid of him. Yeah. But I, I really do like Brave Man's game. But uh, not everyone does, I believe. No. Um, and Tony Calvin, <laughs> I know you're not a big golf fan, but three under two five. What? What do you reckon? No, like I say, I've been chipping away at that for yeah. a while. Uh, obviously, stable mate of Brave Man's game. Uh, you know, he's, he's, I think his form has been pretty much underrated. He, you know, the horses that he's been beating have come out and done really well. Does he know? Fantastic ass. And, yeah, I mean, he's a solid. He's probably more of a, a place-only kind of bet. But mm. I wouldn't rule out a win part because I do think Brave Man's games, if one, he's got a hole in him, it's his stamina. He's done all his work on, yeah. on flatter tracks. I'm not sure how much Harry Cobden's been holding on to. Um, I mean, he probably, I mean, I probably made my bed by saying I wasn't sure how much he had left in the tank when he won at Haydock uh, back in November. But I just look at him, and I'm just not sure he's not sure Cheltenham, that Cheltenham Hill's got him all over. So if you do fancy Brave Man's game, he's, he's the ideal back to lay. Back him at, you know, five to two beforehand mm -hmm. and stick an in-running layer, a keep bet in there. I'd be inclined to uh, stick in a keep bet around about twos on. My, 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 my 
price of choice is was 1.54 for some reason when I came in at that price. I okay. always do. So I, I, I can see him going there travelling really well and I can see him not finishing out his race. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be inclined to take on Brave Man's Game in running with a keep bet on the exchange around about twos on and hopefully he'll wilt. Uh, the tank is full, Tony. He's been down to his local petrol station. He's filled the tank. <laughs> it's cost him about well, two grand but it's, but it's full <laughs> to the top. You won't win it back with the prize money even if he does come first the price of petrol these days, I can tell you that. Um, okay, lovely. That is the Brown Advisory um, and we move on to the Champion Chase. Barry, you have a Hugh Cal bet for you on there, a special odds boost here for the Fav in the Champion Chase. What can you do for yeah, me? Yeah, odds boost. Seskin. So even money, Shishkin. That's a serious, serious proposition, Kevin Blake. Shishkin, even money. We were talking about the price maybe of an argument, whatever. I know after I put out that rumor there a couple of weeks ago, and I got eight, eights on the exchange there when an argument came out. So I'm pretty happy with my, with my position. But like, everything's kind of settled the market now. Everyone found out I was the source of the rumor. So even Shishkin money's not a bad bet, is it? Oh yeah, I think look, even money changes the conversation, doesn't it? If you, yeah. if, you know, that that would that would make sense. Um, but my main case is that you know the price he is more readily available at is too short for me. Right. Um, like there's a big old gap between him and an Ergamine considering it was such a close run thing. And look, we all understand the view that, you know, that was in Ergamine's day. You know, pretty much everything went right for him. A couple of things went wrong for Shishkin, mm. and he still went and beat him. And going back left-handed at Cheltenham, Shishkin would be more favoured. We all understand that. But a length is a length. It's not much. And, you know, I think in our, the, the, an Ergamine team would have learned from that. They might do things a little bit differently. How? Go out harder? No, I think they'd go slower. Go slower? Yeah. And as well as that, they also have another weapon in, in, their, in, in their arsenal, Shackon. which is Shakan, who arguably has better form than the two of them, one could argue. Um, in Ireland, I, in Ireland he does. Day on, I, in Ireland, well, he does. In Ireland, but I, I don't read as much into that as others now. Do you? And they're going to change things. And I just think he's a very good horse to be... I know he's not dismissed in the market now, but I'd, I'd like the two of those on my side against Shishkin. And I just wouldn't be surprised. The, the Mullins team now, and they're very good... They'll be figuring out how they're gonna how they'll control how this race is run, I reckon. Yeah. Up in the front end. And Shishkin, you know, get caught a little bit wide, make a mistake at the wrong time. You know, he he he, he does give you Altior vibes that he's probably yeah. gonna give you a fright and probably still find a way because he's just that good. Mm. But at the type of price he is generally, not with Betfair, yeah. um, I, I'd be inclined to take him on, and I, I'd love those two on my side. I think th yeah. those are very good horses that might just get the run of the race mm. and might just nip him. Just one very of them. quickly, I haven't got a view on the race as such because I think it's priced up pretty much accurately, mm. but the in-running could be, could, be, could, be, could be key here because um, Altior, when he won one of his races, he actually hit sevens in, uh, seven to one in running on yeah. the exchange, and I think a similar scenario could unfold here. Obviously... Um, against Nergamine at Ascot, I think he hit a, a very similar price to 8-1 to one in running there as well. So, you know, I think the scenario people are painting is that Nergamine or maybe Shakan will be trapping behind it and maybe, you know, get uh, Shishkin at it. So if the case, you may well, you know, want to side with Shishkin okay. in, uh, in play, but... I don't. I can't see any angle into it. Okay. Well, um, around the, about the time of the Stone Bruise rumor, Kate, uh, there was also another rumor that Paul Townend is actually going to choose Shaq and Persuade. I also put that out to try and get yeah, an early out of the fight was there. Yeah. But who, who who do you like in the championship? Yeah. Thanks for that, Hugh. A yeah, couple no, of nice no rumors there of the exchanges. Yeah. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah. No. Well, I'm not wearing these silks for no reason. So yeah. um, No. To be fair, it sort of started out where I was challenged to write um, a piece, basically, of how an could reverse a form. 
the more and more I wrote it, the more I convinced myself round. And as Kevin said, there's one length to find between mm. that Clarence House it's race. It's not a lot. No, not at all. Mm. And then I, I, I ran through the distances. So apologies for reading this, but I can't keep these figures in my head then. So the Clarence House was run over two mile, 167 yards. Trip was actually two mile, 210 yards when taking into account rail movement. Therefore, it was 10 yards shy of two mile one. Okay. Champion Chase due to be run over at mile seven, a furlongs at 199 yards, 231 yards less than the Clarence House That's chase. That's key. If you had paused the race, if, yeah. but, we won't go into that, yeah. yep, uh, then, then Shishkin would have been behind at that point. And of course, different track, course, different variables. But as Kevin said, if Energamine can just kick it at that right time down the hill, Shishkin hits his usual flat spot. He makes that mistake that he did in the Clarence House, yeah. puts him on the back foot. Yes, you've got the hill to contend with, but the front runner bias then of the old course, we've seen it with the likes of Politolog, Special Tiara, put the kettle on, battled back to win. Altier was never too far away when he won the champion chase. All of those factors puts the emphasis on the speed that Energamine has in his favor. So for that reason, one length at those prices, I'll take them on. I like that. That is because uh, I've been searching around as well for, mm. for a reason to, to get back on board the Inorgamine train, but that is that's a huge positive as far as I'm concerned. And again, <laughs> as TC said, look, not a, bit, not a lot of people like doing it, but seven to two each way price for me, it's right. he won't be outside the top three. I mean, it's definitely a, uh, something to consider if you like. Okay, um, let's move on to the grand annual, uh, please, if you don't mind. And uh, TC, you can uh, kick us off with your fancy here. Um, so, um, Prices, I think, you know, Buddy Rich and, and C.L. Dinesh are kind of disputing yeah. favourites at the moment, but what's uh, your most likely winner? It's probably one to wait until till the day, to be honest with you, when I think, you know, I think the sports book offering five places anti-post, which mm. I think is a very, really good concession because okay. you, you want to attract a bit of interest, uh, a betting interest coming into it with such a such a deep race. Perhaps, hopefully, Kev will back this up. I, I thought Embittered was quite interesting. Joseph Soros, um, yeah. Yeah, he was, he's a 92 favourite in the race last year. He's a pound lower mark here. He's been in decent form early in the season. Been running in graded races since. Back to Handicap Company. If you go back and have a look at the race last year, it was a long way out, but he was travelling really, really nicely on the inside. Um, you go back and he's got course form. You know, he's finished his third over, over hurdles at the festival as well. So he's got, he's got that back up as well as that full last year. Um, I just thought he was he was handicapped to play a, a big role in here, but I think you'll probably get at least five places, maybe six on the day, mm. um, if the field holds up. Uh, and I think Embittered is, is handicapped to uh, play, uh, play a decent role. Kev, quick word on Bitters. Yeah, he's an intended runner anyway, you know. And, and I wouldn't, I know that he made hay during the summer in his farm. Looks like it might have tailed off a little bit, but um, he was given a break after his penultimate start. And I wouldn't judge him too harshly. And last time, I'd say he just needed the run. Okay. And um, yeah, look, I can see the case. He's, he, he went into last year's race, I suppose, looking that bit unexposed with the promise of more to come. We've seen more of him since, and he hasn't really booted on. Mm. So he wouldn't be one I'd be going with full of confidence now. And, and to be honest, when I looked at it, I thought in my head, I'd mm. sure to be 20 to 1 or more, but he's, there's plenty of people latching on to him, it seems. Okay, right. Well, there's a bit of a damn clot on uh, Tony's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, you know, I was hoping for bigger than you know, 10 to 1. I, I think you will get that. Okay, who do you like in this case? Well, my, my friend, actually, from um, from last festival, Seal Age, very lucky girl. I got yeah. to ride him out at um, last year's festival, and he took the absolute mickey out of me on, in last year's festival. I couldn't get him to go a yard yeah. uh, when he was cantering around. And basically, I just thought to myself, this horse has got too much of a brain in his head. He's an authorised. And basically, that was seen 
to effect then in his hurdling career because there were times where he probably should have won more than he did, mm. including the Betfair hurdle, in my uh. opinion. But I just feel that that brain has really been seen to a positive effect since he's gone over fences now. And he just loves chasing. He just rubbers down to his fences. He attacks them. That's what I want for a grand annual horse. I want a horse with the hustle and bustle of that race, the no let up in the pace. I want a horse that actually wants to take on their fences, which Seal Danage does. So he's in the Arkle, but because of the runners that Mullins has in the Arkle, I'm hoping they take this route. And I think his job's been made easier because Venetia Williams has thrown us a few curveballs this week, and she's saying Brave Siaska's going to go the Arkle route. Okay, all right. And Kevin, um, you wanted to mention one in the Carl Cup, please. Yeah, Drop the Anchor would be one of my bigger fancies for the handicaps. Um, he's, he's an interesting horse. He won the Labrooks Hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival last year, and, and he ran a stormer in the county hurdle. It, it's worth watching back, actually. Like He's a horse that now, two miles, like re he's only barely effective at it. Like, mm -hmm. He's a horse that stays well, I think. And in the county, like after the second last, he's pretty much upsides Belfast Banter. Um, but Belfast Banter just has the pace to go through the gaps when he needs it and drop the anchor, didn't, and he got shuffled back and he's come home really well up the run in. And after that, you're saying, right, now is the time for you to go up and trip. And they haven't. They've just been patient with mm. him and waited and built a little bit this season. And he ran at the Labrooks hurdle again last time and he was just a like, massive eye catcher. Mm. Like three out, he was going to be tail off. Like he's got badly outpaced and he has just thundered up the run in and passed like literally 10 horses to finish fifth. And now they're going to go up and trip. This was his only entry at Cheltenham. Um, up, you, know, ex you know, two mile five. It's just what he wants. It looks like he's coming into form at the right time. Um, look, handicappers had a bit of a swing at him, but nothing horrendous. Um, and, and I thought he was the one that I I'd be very keen on him. Okay. Just, be just before we wrap up Wednesday, on a wider point, I was going to bring it up on, on Tuesday at the, start, uh, the top of the show. Why in Ireland don't they declare wind ups? Mm. Don't know. Wish they did. It's um, not obliged. Yeah, like yeah, I know, but they were obliged to over here. They didn't declare them beforehand. Before no, they were obliged but why? To. Why aren't they obliged to in Ireland? Uh, normally, they copy what the BHA do and things like this, but they never did for some reason. It's a pity because I think it's useful is it, information. Is it because you know? they're worried about maybe ramifications if they did it for the flat for the I don't for, think for the so. breeding costs, etc.? I don't because know. Because it's it seems weird that. You know, we're gonna we're gonna find out during the week. Oh, that Irish horse has had a wind up. That's why he's improved so much. Only it just seems. Win. What? Sorry. You only hear that when they win. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they do. They don't do the job properly over here either, because they don't tell you what type of wind operation mm -hmm. they've had, yeah. which is yeah. mad relevant. Yeah, but probably is. one for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's walk before we run. Yeah. No problem. Okay. That's uh, day two. Don and Dustin. We move on to day three. Um, and just before we leave day two, Fast Vegas is absolute certainty to win the bumper. You heard it here first. Don't listen to Tony Calvin. Okay, day three then. Let's start off with the <laughs> Turners, the what used to be the Marsh, just for, you know, posterity. It's the two and a half mile race I'm now talking about. They can call it what the hell they like. And um, Barry Orr, how are we betting between uh, the only two, really, that are relevant in this race, Bob Ollinger and Galvin Yeah, Shop. and the exchange market agrees with you. There's been 125,000 match so far in wow. the pounds. And Galvin Deschamps is now your favourite at 2.32. So just around the 11 to 8 mark, 6 to 4, Bob Ollinger at 2.46. And it's 20 bar, 20.0 bar, La Home Press, who's not going here, as we've already discussed. But Galvin Deschamps was earlier on uh, 2.72 just a couple of days ago, and he's into 11 to 8 from 7 to 4. So he's stronger ahead of Bob Ollinger. Wouldn't it be great if, if all the other horses just came out and left these two in a match race at Cheltenham? Has that ever happened before? We just had two horses go head to head. Not in the modern times. I was just thinking, I'm trying to scramble here to try and find it. I wonder what the modern day record for the smallest field at Cheltenham is. Yeah. Because this will be in the mix, I reckon. Yeah. Like you look down through the rest 
and I, most of them are going someplace else. Like any of the stragglers might get scared away. You know, there might be a couple that, you know, see what's happening and just go in for it and, and I'll tootle around to pick up third and four prize money. But this will be a tiny field. Yeah. I love the idea of just two runners. It's amazing. Really wouldn't it be it. such a spectacle? It would it, be the best race of the Wouldn't festival. it be? It'd be a cracker. It'd like two <laughs> the guns at dawn and all that kind of... But it's just fantastic. Willie against Henry as well. Like, it's just brilliant. That's this is Stockholm Syndrome. How have we come this far? You were saying a two-runner <laughs> no, race. No, no, as a once-off. Not as a... No, no. I, you, I am such a pessimist. <laughs> I've yeah. got back no finishes. You've no finishes at all. There you go. Two and a fall. Can we just say this is we're, we're not encouraging this across all races at Cheltenham. Just in this particular race, where they're scared of everything away. That's the only concession we're going to make for a two horse race. Right. Well, we of the two horses. Right. Listen to Kim Bailey and bloody Nikki Henderson. It's going to happen anyway. Listen, we won't talk about that now. Right. Okay. Straight shootout. Who are we having lads between Bob Bollinger? and uh, Galloping Deschamps. Obviously, it's over two and a half miles, or just under two and a half miles as well, because that's a key, I think, uh, to this race here. Um, who do we like for this, please, Kevin Blake? Uh, but it, all joking aside, like it is a proper one, isn't oh, it? It's like, it's proper. <laughs> I'd, I'd say there'd be very little between them in prices, and you can see why. Like, Galloping has been certainly the better horse this season, no doubt. You know, he's jumped better, he's been more impressive, he's mm. achieved more. Um, like he, he ripped, I know, like he set such a high standard for himself in his chasing debut that people were almost underwhelmed by him ripping apart a, a field of grade one winning novice chasers last time. Mm. You know, like really good, I thought. Like his jumping technically wasn't as good, but I think we learned more about him because he, he, he met a few wrong. And he had to be, he was asked to be clever, but he was more inclined to have a go, mm. you know. So I think they've made the right decision to going two and a half. They can ride him that bit more aggressively, let him have a cut, because that's what he's good at and that's what he wants to do, rather than getting into negotiations with him like they would have to do in the longer race. Um, so look, I favor him, but it's not a strong view, because look, Bob Bollinger, you can throw stones at what he did this year. Um, you not know, too many stones, like, like maybe pebbles. Chase, yeah, pebbles, two. yeah. You oh, a handful of sand or something. A few pebbles on his chase debut, because he, you know, he wasn't brilliant with his no. jumping. He was he was fine, but just not as good as you'd hoped. Yeah. Second day, you it might just have been sand because he was he was better, yeah. but he still wasn't brilliant. Um, but I've been saying it ever since his second run over fences. I just want to reserve the possibility that we'll see a different version of Bob Ollinger if At he gets Cheltenham. better ground. Better ground. Because he did that last year. Like, he was good going into Cheltenham on soft and heavy ground. And then he met nice ground at Cheltenham. And all of a sudden, he looked like the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. And it makes sense because, like, he's a properly good mover, you know, for a jumping horse. And if he meets that surface again, it might just yeah. get the rocket boosters under him again. Um, what worries me, I'm a huge Bob Ollinger fan. Um, but what worries me uh, in regards to... This particular race is that Jamie Codd said this time last year ahead of Ballymore that he was a God given <laughs> certainty. Jamie yeah. Codd said on the record last week, it's his lay of the week, and I nearly mm -hmm. fell off my chair. I know what flip flop that was in the, in the space of a year. I then, yeah, thinking, has he been slipping him sleeping tablets or something like that. How, why has he flip flopped <laughs> yeah. so much? It's amazing. I mean, he didn't get it wrong last year, did <laughs> no, he? So he didn't. I'm hoping he's right again this year because I'm taking him on as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't one of these people that was overly harsh on his chasing debut because mm. that race, I mean, Henry de Bromhead's targeted it with the Plutard and Manila Rindo. They were both overturned in that race. Bob Ollinger managed to get the job done. Yeah. I just thought he was fresh and keen. He was robbering down to his fences. And basically, it was just freshness, much mm. better than the next time out. But. I'm still just far more convinced by Galloping Deschamps all the same. And his, just his level of progression. And as Kevin said, I mean, last time out, 
it's a good thing this horse's scope. The liberties he was taking at some of his fences, just the way he was grabbing at them, I just think he was going half a stride slower than really suited his scope. So with the extra pace on here, with this trip, getting into that rhythm, I think you'll see an even better performance from Gallop and this time around. Okay, I'm sticking with Pat Ballinger. I think, you know, if there's nothing between him, one out, the pace, turn of pace that he has, hopefully still from last year, over fences. Even if his jumping isn't perfect, I'm hoping that'll be enough. But it's going to be an absolute cracker. And I really hope it's just the two of them lining up for the first time, <laughs> I think, in Cheltenham history. You'd have to go way back, as Kev says, to... to back to, to, to Arkell days, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on to the Ryanair then. And again, uh, TC, this could be a, a very short conversation because for many people, Alaho is the bet of the week. He's going into my short price of Q. And uh, mm -hmm. I, think, I don't think he's touchable, really. 8 to 13, I think, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, just looking at this last night and Alaho was 1.8 on the exchange now no way in the world I'd be laying this horse at 4 to 5 yeah. even with the even with a few days to go uh, no he just looks I he put up the best performance at the festival last year probably wasn't overly impressive first time out but um, this season but he was last time yeah he's and he's, he is the he is probably the the best odds on poker. So if you look point. at the next in the betting after him, so he's 8 to 13, yeah. Energamine's not going this, Aplutard's not going this, Shaq and Brassois won't, Conflated yeah. won't, Shan Blue so probably will, Tornado <laughs> Flyer's going to go to the Gold Cup, Fakir Dideri's probably going to go to Aintree. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to touch him in the first no. eight in the betting. No, this could really cut up. I mean, I, I, I've been having a little uh, chip away at Melon. Um, for your breakfast uh, or for this Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm <laughs> not a Mellon man, as you can probably <laughs> gather. Um, but... Um, Later on my pal, you'll yeah, be here. Yeah, he's... Like say, we, we, know, we know he's... We know he's a, a bit of a twicer when it comes to the festival, and, but, you know, he, he's rock solid here. I know he blew out last year, but, you know, he's been running really well in grade ones. He, he, he won last time, as he, as he should have done. If you're looking out, like you said, you just made a, a very good point for, for once in your life about, about <laughs> the depth of this race. Can There's we get no? that clip highlighted yeah, and sent yeah. to me, please? Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just say it was a lie and okay. it was like yeah. uh, dubbed You over. can't say you were drunk. You haven't had a drink in 12 months. Uh, so on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Try to change that this uh, afternoon, Pat. <laughs> right. Tonight? Yeah, yeah I might. Yeah, I might, yeah. I might do I'm going to bring the yeah. camcorder for that as um, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think without, I mean, there's seven to one melon without Alaho. I thought that's... I think that's a very non-runner uh, money back there as well. So, yeah, I'm Mellon to pick up the pieces behind Alaho, but mm. Alaho, something will seriously have to go wrong for that horse not to win. Okay, Alaho is a short thing, Kevin Blake, short and sweet. Yeah, I, th I think so. Look, if, if Conflated went, he'd be, he'd be, you know, the most clearly the most interesting one against them. But I mm. suspect that Gordon might get his way, and he goes for the Gold Cup, and that like leaves the leaves the way open, doesn't he? Yeah. And the thing is, like, he's he wasn't brilliant at Punchestown. He, he was better at Thurless last time, but this is a better horse going left-handed, like always has been. Um, he hasn't been jumping as left in those two starts, but I've no doubt he's better going this way around. And sure, look, he was the, he was the performance of the week last year, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no reason to think he isn't as good. He probably won't need to be as good. And uh, yeah, to echo TC, he'd be the, the best odds-on shot of the meeting for me. Lovely. You know? Okay, he's down in the HC accumulator for the week. Lovely stuff. Not a negative word to be said about Alaho. Um, Barry, the Stairs hurdle is um, could turn out to be a, a cracking race this year. It's been a little bit of a weak division over the years. Uh, but Vanessa Doyle and myself are firmly of the view that this is the year it's going to blow into life. And how are we looking in terms of an odds boost? Yeah, Please. here we have Flooring Porter, your favourite, 130 out to 9 to 2. So this is our third. We're halfway through the car. This is our third uh, odds boost. Yeah. 130 Flooring Porter out to 9 to 2. Just worth pointing out as well, there'll be uh, odds boosts on every race every day at the festival and be loads of additional places, extra place races. So watch out for them too throughout the four days. But Flooring Porter, 130 out to 9 to 2. Classical Dreams, a 4 to 1 chance. Um, 
Time Hill, 4-1. Champ, 9-2. Paisley Park, 7-1. It's a really... It, it might lack quality, but it's a very competitive renewal this year. It is. It's a cracking renewal in terms of competitiveness as well. Okay, Tracy, I'm with Florian Porter here. I think, you know, obviously last year, people saying the crowds might give him a, something to think about this time around and there's going to be horses like Classical Dream, you know, Supreme Winner, Champ as well is going to be very popular. Paisley Park back for more. I think Florian Porter is rock solid. I'm with that bet for a boost as well. Who do you like? Oh, this division, man. Yeah. Do you if like it or don't? Do you like it or no? Typically I like, has it, great I like it in competitive terms, I yeah. guess, from an interest perspective, yeah, yeah, because yeah. every week one of these horses manages to do themselves out of a claim at the title. Mm. Um, but it's just when you start a season and you have such a muddling division and you get to nearing the end and it's just as muddling, you sort of think, what is going on? But mm. luckily, I've been with Florian Porter the whole way around because I didn't think he got I the like credit it. he deserved, uh, even from his win last year, where he stole a march on his rivals. Of course, he has the danger of classical dream then in here as well. But I'm just expecting him to do the exact same thing here. I'm, Danny Mullins, I'm expecting to ride again, to then do, bas well, basically not to get caught napping by the starter then, mm. as he did with Classical Dream from last time out, where basically Classical Dream pulled out the old reverse card on Flooring Porter from what Flooring Porter did in the Christmas hurdle the year prior. So he's going to be live to that. I mean, he gave away five lengths at the start. He went down by two in the end. Classical Dream went and ran at Goran. I still don't know why he ran at Goran, considering his record friend, uh, fresh. I thought that was a bit strange. Yeah, Mooley Mullins went home and headbutted the wall afterwards. Yeah. He was, he was fuming I, with himself. I don't know why yeah. he ran. It was yeah. really bizarre. But he, thought he, was being, he, thought, he, he said it. He, he, he saw that he was watching the decks, mm. and he thought, ah, this would be a soft touch. I'll, I'll, have, a <laughs> I'll have a sneaky one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that worked yeah. out fair well. <laughs> Didn't work out, yeah. That went down a storm. Little yeah. did he know that Hugh Carhill was playing odds on in the <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that changed his mind rapid. Go on, yeah. yeah so, so, which Florian Porter? So, Florian Porter for me. Okay, yeah. so Florian Porter and uh, for myself and for Kate. For yourself, Tony Calvin, the stairs. Yeah, there's two ways of looking at this. There's four or five with a similar level of form, so it's going to be hard to break into that. But on the other side of the coin, you've got, they've all got negatives against them for, for various reasons. The one I like, and Kev's uh, said the horse might be, he's uh, probably going to go there, is um, it'll be 50 plus on the exchange win only. It's mm. home by the Lee. Okay. Uh, he's a bit of a hit and miss profile, but you go and have a look at the, the Galmoy hurdle last time. You know, a few people are fancying Rule Kahala for this, uh, but, you know, he was second there, come out best at the weights, was giving, giving that horse four pounds. Ashdale Bob the uh, Third's come out and run really well since in defeat. I just thought if you're looking for something that's going to break into that, that top echelon at a very big price after a very, very good run last time. It's home by the Lee, so I'll, I'll be chucking a few quid each way, well, uh, win only on that. We're pointing out there, home by the Lee, 33 to 1 non-runner, no bet on the sports book, mm. and only 37 on the exchange. Oh, so right, so there's very little between them. Okay, yeah. so mm. fair price in the sports yeah, book, and as and you mentioned. Yeah, and he is an intended runner. Yeah. Um, mm. And look, I, I can see the case, because, uh, you know, just on paper, you look at the result, it was a good run last time, but something else to consider is he ended up kind of making his challenge down the far side. And, you know, a lot of people on the day are interested in coming near side, as they often are Goran. So I do think it was a good run. I'm slightly concerned he's a bit of a frustrating horse in that w when he's in company, he, he tends to find a way to get out of it. He can kind of jump in the air a little bit. And, and there, there's a view mm. that he might prefer smaller fields. But, you know, stairs, hurdle, have a crack, see what happens. Yeah, by the way, I really hope Royal Kahala goes for the mare's hurdle. It's ground dependent, obviously, closer to the time. But um, if she goes for that, I, I'll... Very interested. Uh, she might well take her chance in the stairs, um, and not without a chance, has to be said. Okay, Kev, the pretense then, after all these 75,000 qualifiers, none of which are trying a leg to get into the first 85 <laughs> home to qualify for this race, who do you like? <laughs> Sorry to Burley, has to be up there. He would actually, yeah, yeah. He's going to go for his third, his third win in it. Handicapper's been very fair with him. Yeah. Um, he's a definite chance. Um, but the one I landed on, and the price has gone to an extent now, with Winter Fog of Emmett Mullins, 
Um, five to one, five. Yeah, interesting horse. He was, he was double that this, you know, bigger than that this time last week, but um, good bit of support for him since. Mm. And I just think he's a really interesting profile. Um, Emmett Mullins, you know, I've seen it before with him. He can pick up horses from other trainers and, and do particularly well with them. And the Shunter, great example from last season. Yeah. Um, and this lad, it was his first run for him in the qualifier. There was some late money for him. And he just ran a stormer. He, uh, he was ridden with patience, held up, and, and Danny, I'd, Danny Mullins rode, and I'd say he was just a bit surprised in the, in, in, in the wrong way with how easily this horse picked up for him. And all of a sudden, he's kind of there, the third last, and he's in front of the second last, and in a competitive handicap at Leopardstown, you just don't want to be there. And, um, and he ended up getting picked up late, late on, finished second, and that qualified him. The English handicapper has had a good swing at him, okay. um, a, a big swing at him, actually. But um, he, he's just one of those that I feel he could be very well handicapped. Okay. You know? um, I'm, I'm happy. I can see why people would question it, but it, it was the ride that was wrong <coughs> the last day. You know? okay. And now they know him better. You know, I, I don't know if Danny's going to ride him again, but whoever's riding him can just be... Easy, easy, chicken squeezy, Lovely. whatever the expression is. Yeah, it's not that, it's not that, but anyway, yeah. Lemon squeezy. Yeah, yeah. Chicken. I prefer, I prefer you, chicken Kevin, to lemon. You, you, how many times today do you squeeze an old chicken? Do you? That's out <laughs> of the farm there, you know? I, don't I, ask I that quite question. like lemon chicken, actually, but there well, we go. You can answer that after the nine o'clock watershed. <laughs> yeah, correct. Tony Calvin, give us one for the mayor's novice, um, if you don't mind. Um, who, do you have a, a bet at this stage? We're going to go through all these, by the way, closer to the day yeah. and pre preview each day, but at, at the uh, time of recording, as they say, who do you like? I think Grongy is probably the each way angle into the race. I think okay. if, if you're if you're looking for Dino Blue, I can fully see it off of that win in January. But mm -hmm. as with all these things, I, mean, I think you've got to ask yourself: Is that horse coming here by accident or design after just the one run? Everyone just say, "Oh, we put him away after that 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 one win in in January." Has he had has she had a mis, had, had interrupted preparation since? Mm -hmm. We don't know, and okay. obviously you're not going to hear about it from from that. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be kind of like sold on the idea that oh they they saw enough last time, so okay. we'll go there. Grangey is, is, is looks very very solid for all he fell last time. Okay. Uh, the jockey thought he was going to you know put out to Allegory Davasi and Brandy Love there when falling two out, but go back and have a look at um, she's quite solid. Go back and have a look at the bumper form. She beat Party Central. Mm -hmm. And Brandy Lovett in a bumper days. I thought seven to one each way was probably very fair in the each way angle into that race. Okay, Kevin, just finally give us in 10 seconds, give us one for the Kim Muir. Uh, well, I've got one for the Mayor's Novice as well. Okay, um, five yeah. seconds each though. Yeah, oh God, Brandy Love. Yeah, I've been watching lots of Brandy Love videos, doing my research on this. Are we still and, talking uh, about horses? <laughs> 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 oh, what that are you talking That was a 101 chance. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was just wondering who'd sink lows first. Yeah, with or without the chickens on the farm there, Kev. This is getting really, this is getting crazy now. Go on, come on. Squeeze that chicken. Right, go yeah, on. Fairy House last time, like, I thought it was a genuinely remarkable performance. Like we, we always talk about, like you know, horses jumping left, jumping right. Generally, like it'd be quite a marginal thing. Yeah. Like she was like horrifically left. Yeah. Like her, like going half half the width across the hurdles, mm. you know, and she still managed to finish second. Yeah. Blessing in disguise doesn't get a penalty here. Um, she was perfectly fine going left-handed on her start before that. So, like I, I think she's a really solid one there. Um, straightforward ride. Yeah. And the Kim Yor, um, ain't that a shame? Henry de Bromhead, um, unexposed chaser, just the three spins. Um, you know, was looking for three miles and ran a belter, I thought, last time. Had the race won three out, um, but again, got there too soon. Uh, we got run down by Champagne Platinum, who's boosted the form since. And um, this will be his first time in his life in a race like this. Big field, loads of pace. Ben Harvey's going to take the ride, good young amateur, and he can ride him 
easy peasy chicken squeezy. Take his time. <laughs> Take his time. This catches on now, I swear <laughs> to God. It's going to be on his tombstone. <laughs> I know, <laughs> cheers, yeah. And landing there late. Um, in all seriousness, I think he's another one that the British handicappers had a particularly good um, swipe at. But I think he could be better than, um, you know, Kim Your horse, better than a 145 horse. Lovely. And um, yeah, he'll do for me. Class horse in the handicap route for Kevin Blake. Lovely. Day four is Friday. It is Gold Cup day. We're going to start with the Triumph Hurdle and Barry Orr. I swear, I haven't been slipping your backhands or like that. Another one of my absolute favourites for the week is the horse that you're going to boost for us here. What are you doing for me, Bar? We've basically picked your lucky 15 for <laughs> over the four days, you. Because you know yeah. you're going to make a fortune for me back in all these short-priced <laughs> losers. Yeah, go Kicking on. Kicking off on day four, the Triumph Hurdle Vauban yeah. is 13th dated at the moment yeah. is being odds boost out to two to one. He's matched at a high of 36 for small money on the exchange, 32 for about 200 quid and all the way down to his current price on the Betfair exchange. So he's been the most popular by far in that market. Quite a buoyant market as well, 116,000 pounds match. Pied Piper, Piper 3.7, 88 Fildor and it's 18 or it's 13 bar the two of them or the three of them. So yeah, Vauban your favourite at the moment. Odds boost from 13 to 8 out to 2 to 1. I love Kate Tracy what he did last time at Leperstone. Absolutely destroyed uh, Fildor. Uh, 2 to 1 to me is a brilliant uh, price boost. I will be all over that. Who's your pick for the Triumph? Yeah, I mean this is a great race really between these top three to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I've been a bit mean about a few of these races but I really like this Triumph a lot. I hugely respect Vauban and Pied Piper therefore I'd be slightly favouring Vauban over him. But the one for me at the price now is Phil Dorr with conditions I think that will suit him far better mm. than on the new course in the Triumph. This horse I just love. I love the fact that they got him out early and he has such a brain in his head this horse. We saw that early on in his hurdling career where he basically put Davy Russell right on, on a correct stride for himself and I, th I just thought straight away I like you. And just with the extra, I know he has the extra experience in terms of his hurdling experience, because then you've got Vauban, and he sort of seems this unexposed, flashy, sexy profile of a horse. But you actually look at his experience from the flat, then really he's been able to take that forward hurdling himself, rather than, I actually think there's more to come from Fildor, even though he's got the further hurdling experience, because I just think he remains unexposed as a racehorse in general. The extra stamina test that's going to be provided, if there is rain around, that will suit him better. So the price that he is now at, I will take Fildor to reverse the form. Uh, okay, so Fildor for Gordon for Kate. I'm sticking with Vauban, Kev. Spin us up here. Um, I'm with Kate. If, uh, if, if Fildor runs, <laughs> and he, he's not a certainty to run, just because the English handicapper was quite... He gave Gordon a decision to make. Now he wasn't, the hard on him. Yeah. he wasn't hard I'll on him in the Boodles. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, it'll be very tempting, but I do. I would fancy him to reverse the form if he did go here. Um, Vauban, very flashy last time, but it was a steadily run race. You know, really emphasised his strengths. Didn't particularly like the way he jumped. Um, I thought his technique was just average, and he was out to his right as well. He wouldn't want to do that again. And Fildor, I just think he got caught in the hop. You know, Gordon said it himself during the week, like this is probably a three-miler in the making and the steadily run race, you know, got caught for a turn of foot and then just kept on rolling, you mm. know, triumph hurdle. They only jump at two hurdles in the last, you know, nearly mile. Mm. You know, it's a real galloping horses race and yeah. he might just be able to reverse it. And I think the, the difference in price is, is pretty substantial as okay. well. I hope not. I hope not. I'm sticking with Vauban. Two to one. Get on. Right. Let's move on, uh, if we can, please, to the Gold <laughs> Cup. Right. Uh, the Blue Ribbon of the Week, obviously. And um, I don't know what we think about the terms of the, I guess, the, the standard of the race this year. Um, it's a bit of a head puzzle to, to work out. The more I think about it, though, the more I'm with Manella in Doe. I deserted him for the only time last season when he actually went and won the bloody oh. thing. But it, the more I look at it, the more he's a spring horse, the more he's a Gold Cup horse. And I'll just prepare to forget everything he's done so far this season, including when Henry Stable wasn't uh, particularly in form. So 
Um, Kevin Blake, if you don't mind, the Gold Cup, where is the Kevin Blake 10 euros going? Ah, look, I've struggled away with it, dude. Like, but you struggle to find a front runner in it, even at this stage. Yeah. Um, and if it's one of those, I know some people would say, oh, look, there's, never, there's no such thing as a steadily run Gold Cup, but there is. We've seen a couple in recent years, and I think it could be one of those. And that would just be enough to put me off Galvin, who I really like, and Manel Endo, who I can see the case for. Um, like you, I deserted them last year, and mm. the day that mattered most to you. But no, no. Um, like, at the end of the day, Conflated whacked him last time. He whacked him. Um, good and proper, no excuses. And while it took us all by surprise and it confused everyone... You're not putting him up again, are you? He did it, and the market's been really dismissive of him. Like, he's not a confirmed runner yet, but I know Gordon's fighting hard to get him in there. And just if it's that type of Gold Cup where they go steady, he'll sit handy. In fairness to him, like, he, he will have a stamina to prove to an extent, but I think he's a he'll be a quick horse at the trip. And he might just surprise people again. Look, not a bullish shout, but like really particularly difficult Gold Cup, I feel. And I just thought at the prices, yeah. the market's been very dismissive of him. He's around 11 to 1. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I, I thought he might be bigger, Tony Calvin. Uh, yeah, but if you're Gordon, you're sitting down with the owners and just saying, and Kevin makes a, an excellent point about the, the pace map of this race. Mm. There's nothing in there that likes to go forward. Mm. If you're there, you'll sit down with the owners and say, we can make this here. Stamina is an issue, but if we make our own pace, set mm. a steady pace, then mm. that could work in our favour as well. So from a tactical angle, I mean, there's a very good argument for conflated in here. And obviously, it's a very winnable race. But, you know, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. We, are, we do stay loyal to horses that, that, that make us money. And, and I think Tornado Flyer is still the overpriced one in here as a yeah, King yeah. George winner. Any doubts about staying the trip, though? No, not at all. Really? Um, well, obviously, there is, a, there is a doubt because he's never run over it before. But every single uh, run he's, he's, he's had suggests a longer trip is going to suit here. Now, he's only had two starts over three miles. Obviously, one was the, the King George last time. We all know that the, the, the pace you know, it fell into his lap there. He went too hard early. But all of his runs suggest that he's always been a, a staring waiting. Go back and have a look at his third in the Ryanair last year. Now, I don't think it's an each-way bet because I had my heart in my mouth early on at, at Kempton last time. He can throw in a very, very chancy one. But at 12 to 1 plus uh, Sportsbook on the exchange, I thought win only Tornado Flyer, King George coming into a, a below-par Gold Cup. He's the, I, mean, I think he's the only bet in the race that I can see at the moment. Okay. Okay. Collins was asked the question. You know, at his press morning last week, someone said, oh, and he worries about his stamina. And, you know, Willie said without a, a hint of hesitation, I actually think he'll be better for the Gold Cup yeah. test. Really? Which the is, which I is go. quite interesting. I mean, the, yeah. the reason why I sided with McKempton is, he, 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 go back and have a look at all of his run styles. Mm. He, he, like you said, they've been running him over the wrong trip. Okay, that's interesting. So, uh, Tornado Flyer for Tony Calvin. Kate Tracy, the last sensible word to you yeah. on the Gold Cup. <laughs> I hope it's sensible because I'm agreeing with you, so who knows? Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? I'll give, you, I'll give you 30 seconds if you want to change your mind. <laughs> no, I'm going to no? stick okay. with it. I'm going right. to stick with okay. it. Manella Rindo then here. I Lovely. mean, a Plutard, I just don't understand why I would chance him to reverse the form. I know he's probably an improved model this year, mm. but I just feel Manella Rindo back at Cheltenham. I mean, Henry de Bromhead said it himself, didn't he, that he grows a fifth leg at Cheltenham. Not, not the kind of fifth leg where he's yeah. going to make a stallion prospect, but yeah. Um, yeah. a fifth leg nonetheless, right. in the sense of how much better he is at this track. Yeah. So for that basis, I was against him in the race last year, just because of the fact his confidence was completely shot then from his fall previously. So I wanted to take him on. It's in that basis he's coming here as a much better jumper, therefore. And I just thought, uh, contrary to Kevin's opinion then on his run last time out against Conflated, I thought he was outdone by a brilliant ride by David Russell and Conflated. I just thought it was a steadily, well, an even tempo race for the main part.
start, and Davy just got first run on them. Manella Rondo was caught flat-footed. That is going to be the concern of the lack of pace here, of course. Yeah. But I just hope that if he is ridden handily, jumps well again, can defend his crown. Okay, I'm with you, 100%, which should be a big worry to you, but I haven't put you off. I'm glad to see that case. <laughs> right, um, just one or two before we, we wrap up um, day four. Tony, the county hurdle, what yeah. do you like in that? Um, the price is going somewhat, and so I might wait for both of these until the day uh, with, with you're going to get extra places. Yeah. I thought Colonel Mustard is on a really good mark in of the, 140. In the, in the library with the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, the, with the punting hammer. Yeah. With the punting hammer. With the yeah. punting hammer. In the library um, trying to look yeah, up phone books and price well, value. Colonel, <laughs> Colonel Mustard. Yeah, Colonel Mustard. Um, I think he, like I say, he's, I, I like his profile. 140 has been very fair. I think. I think he actually left uh, the UK handicap and left him on the same arc as his Irish one. So, mm. um, so that would be a rarity in itself. Excellent. A lot of the gossip from the uh, from the last two weeks or so probably hasn't made it into the public domain. So, but I'll, uh, I'll I'll happily go over it here. Apparently, Gringo Debrell is very very well fancied to the county if he gets in here. Mm. Um, I can fully see it. Uh, you can see it. Be adamantly chosen. Um, didn't stay in the it didn't stay in the shallow behind stage star when coming near side probably wouldn't have suited as well and obviously mm -hmm. had no chance against uh, Desert Dynamo last time in the Moscow Flyer. I think a mark 135 and the UK handicapper has given him an extra five pounds, but that could be a blessing in disguise because it might allow him to get into the race. So, mm -hmm. Gringo Debrell 20 to one probably at the moment given the prices would be would be the interesting one. But I'll I'll wait till I'll wait till the day till we'll see the setup and the extra places. Excellent. Uh, Kate Tracy, you have uh, a horse in the Fox Hunters, the St. James yeah. Palace, as, as it's called. Um, what do you like, please? Yeah, I, I think this is David Maxwell's race now. I think he can finally get his Cheltenham Festival winner with Bob and Co. Bob here. And Co. He has such a solid profile for this race. I know he unseated in last year's race, but that, that was under Sean Bowen. He gets Maxwell back on board this year then. And he's just been laid out for this. We know Paul Nichols has a fantastic record in this race. Coming into the Fox Hunters then, on the back of one start is a positive we saw on the fringe. He did it in 2016. Pasha de Poldeb did it in both of his wins, 2017, 2018. Hazel Hill, 2019. Paul Ott Bay last year. That's what Bob and Co has had. He's, uh, he finished second on that reappearance start. That was in heavy ground. It was just enough to get him set up more so than anything. And Maxwell, he, he's riding out of his skin this season. Mm. So I think all the stars are aligning for Maxwell to get his festival winner. Excellent. Bob and Co. So in uh, the St. James Palace of the Fox Hunters. Kev, the Martin Pipe. Uh, obviously, we know Gordon. Elliot targets this race every year, just especially given the connection there. Hollow Games in your 7-1, to one, but Langer Dan has been absolutely <laughs> given the freest ride that ever was going into this race. by when dropped three pounds last time. He's 4-1, to one, Kev. Surely this is the greatest bet of all time. That's incredible. Like, uh, I've spoken about it for the last week now. It's just the most incredible piece of handicapping you'll ever see. Yeah. Like he ran... He, the handicapper he, rang me and asked me for my voice. That's why he <laughs> dropped three pounds. Go on, yeah. Like he ran a stormer in the race last year. He was second to gallop in the shop. He was five pounds well in officially himself at the time, but like he, he, he was the only one... Well, not the only one, but... It, coming from off the pace didn't seem to be where he wanted to be and he mm. did that he looked the winner and he was just beaten by Gallop and the Champ who we know like went on and won a grade one was absolutely chucked in just one of those he bumped into one yeah. mile clear the third and he started this season off a, off a five pounds higher mark uh, mark 140 ran him the other week you know, in what, uh, so I don't get myself in trouble. I always quote what time form said, and in what was surely a pipe opener for Cheltenham. Absolutely. Um, beaten 10 lengths, actually ran all right. Mm. 
Dan and Barber d- must have wrote that comment. Oh. Pipe open. I'd say definitely, yeah. Dan Barber comment. And they dropped him three pound. Gutless Barber. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. You know, it's incredibly <laughs> lenient. All smoke, joking Barbara. aside, yeah, like just, just like <laughs> notably lenient handicapping. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one assumes he's been trained for the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's in the Imperial Cup. I don't know if he's going to run in that or not like he did last year, but um, I suppose his supporters will probably hope he doesn't and he goes straight there because he'll just have a massive chance. Listen, if what the Brits are going to beat the French in the Presby Cup, that horse has to win. Has to win. Uh, I mean? uh, well, as we as we say <laughs> on Wednesday evening, uh, the latest from the Skelton Yard is they're gonna they're gonna bypass the hundred grand Imperial Cup and go to Cheltenham Fresh. So that's okay. that. You know, plans change, but right. again, that's another sad indictment of the Cheltenham mm. shadow, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Pass um, up a pass up a favourite chance in the Imperial Cup on Sandown to come to Cheltenham. Well, yeah. He's gonna uh, bolt up in Cheltenham. T- Tony Calvin, <laughs> last last horse <laughs> for you at the Mayor's Chase, please, and keep it uh, brief. Yeah, very mind. brief. Yeah. Uh, Zambella, I thought he was uh, was training. At, she was training at four to one when falling three out in the race last mm. year. Not a big fan of the top two in the market. The only defeat this uh, of late has been over two miles on heavy ground at uh, Leicester. They found out that she needs plenty of space between her races. Good win last time. I thought, you know, again, it's another horse I've been backing for a while. Uh, eight to one each way in this kind of race where I don't like the market leaders. Zambella is the one for me. Excellent. Okay, that all leaves us then with the four days done and dusted time for our naps from the panel. So we'll start off with Mr. Kevin Blake, your bet of the week. Yeah, I, I, like I had two that were a coin flip, basically. It was Winter Fog and the Pertemps and dropped the anchor in the Coral Cup. And, yeah. and the, you know, Winter Fog has shortened up a lot in recent days, so I can, uh, if, if people will forgive me, I can, I can put up drop the anchor here because the price is still there with him, I feel. Okay. Right, so drop the anchor for Kevin Blake. Kate Trace, your nap of the week? Galloping Deschamps in the Turners. Ooh, <laughs> that's a brave statement to make. Galloping Deschamps to beat the old Bob Rice. And yourself, Tony Calvin? It was a toss-up between St. Sam and Queensbrook. Uh, Queensbrook at five to one each way. Um, anything bigger than five to one each way, Queensbrook would probably be my bet of the week. Okay, brilliant. And look, I know I normally do short price doubles. Like it's Shetland, I can't really do a short price double because it's Shetland. So I'm going to do a short price treble. Facio Vega to win the bumper is absolutely guaranteed. Vauban in the triumph and Alaho. The short price treble, stick it in the book. I told you, Union Jack, you. Union Jack, nine. <laughs> Get Alaho in the middle. Don't be encouraged. Listen, um, thank you so much for your company. Hopefully uh, that uh, sheds some light on the week. As we said, we're going to have specials at Racing and Better every single day to mark a card in more detail. We're all off to get Tony Calvin drunk for the first time in 12 months.